welcome to the three P uh, Piper's Pit Podcast. Uh, with me tonight, as always, is Ben Moore, except for the uh, I guess the hurricane event, which was hard to schedule. And then uh, also returning for the, his third episode is um, the Nightman. So, uh, guys, good to have you all on. Good to be here. Jay, welcome back from your extended vacation. Listen, some of us got things to do, man. We don't sit around freaking all day pretending to sell insurance. So. Yeah, well, it happens. I I make a lot of money. You think you do? Anyways, <laughs> all right. We're gonna hey, we're gonna start off with the trades, and we've got a lot because I tried to go back to anything we didn't haven't had a chance to talk about, and um, there's actually one or two in in here that actually affects some other ones, which is interesting. But uh, we're gonna go back to. Uh, when my ball, Zach Ertz, traded to losing to Jay since 83. Um, it's losing. Losing to Jay, by the oh, way. Oh, losing. Come no, on, Losing. You're the one that misspelled that. I spent it, spelt it correctly when I sent it to you. But well, I don't know. It's kind of like, probably like a Sam Darnold thing. Sam yeah, Dar- yes, keep calling him yes. Sam Darnold. I'm going to get off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's address him All right, so moving on. My ball, Zach Ertz, got Kelvin Benjamin in a 2018 first-round pick. And uh, losing to Jay, got uh, Evan Ingram. And opinions – we'll start with Jay here. Opinions on this trade, Jay? Yeah, I think uh, I think Ben got a good deal for Evan Ingram. I feel like Campbell's kind of in this – he was trying to rebuild. And if you're trying to rebuild, I don't know why you would get rid of Evan Ingram, who's a second-year tight end. Because it takes most tight ends three years to even become viable players in the NFL. And he's already got one second year that's already good. I mean, he's having a rough year, but a lot of that could be traced to how terrible Eli Manning is. So, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin. Some of it could be traced to the fact that he's played uh, three of the toughest people in the league in the first six weeks. And he's been hurt the last three weeks. Yeah. about Benjamin, or I mean, I'm talking about Cam Balls. He's he's oh, had yeah. some really Cam tough Balls matchups. Good. I'm I'm talking about just the Ingram trade. Yeah. Why you would get rid of him if you're kind of even if you are rebuilding or if you're not? I mean, Evan Ingram's one of the top tight ends I think in the league, and but I think it was a good trade for Ben, and it was a little confusing for me for Campbell, but I guess maybe he wanted it to try to go after McCaffrey, which would be the next trade we'll talk about. So. Right. It's, yeah, we got some interesting ones here. But um, anyways, yeah, Ben, your opinions on this one? I like it. Yeah, it was just a – it was a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I needed a younger tight end. Um, you can't ever go wrong with having more than two tight ends. One of them goes down, you need a backup. So, um, it's hard to get anything good late in the first round, um, especially when you're looking at a top-five da- dynasty tight end that's uh, still very young in the league. Yeah, Evan, I think I think you got a good deal here. Um, but, you know, if Campbell was thinking ahead when we go to this next one, that's that's a pretty good deal on his part as well. Um, so maybe to get a little bit of understanding on that trade, let's move to the next one. It was the Megagonites in my ball, Zach Ertz. Uh, the Megagonites got Antonio Brown, a 2019 first-round pick, a 2020 first-round pick, and then my ball, Zach Ertz, got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, ben, we'll let you start out here. What do you well, think? Christian McCaffrey, he's a PPR stud. Uh, he's a young running back. I'm going to say he's a, a top ten dynasty running back. Um, so, by Campbell's getting him, I think he solidified his running back um, depth. Losing Antonio Brown, it all depends how long he stays in the league. 
and it all depends what Matt can turn around and do with those two first-round picks. But I think, you know, with that trade, I think they both benefited. Um, I think Matt probably should have, in my opinion, he probably should have held on to Christian McCaffrey, even though he got a lot for him. Um, I just think he he's one of the, the bigger tools in uh, Carolina. Uh, not a whole lot of weapons mm-hmm. around him, and I think they force-feed him a lot. So, But Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, so – um, it's a good trade for both of them. I think both of them will benefit from it. Yeah, I, I like the trade. I, I think uh, it gives Matt a chance to compete. Um, I mean, I like it. Jay, your opinion? Oh, I think it was a very big overpay for Christian McCaffrey. Um, I just don't – I mean, I love Christian McCaffrey. I've tried to get him from Matt so many times. Um, but I just think – you just gave up a ton to get him. I probably would have done that deal for Kamara. Um, I just don't – you're looking at running backs. You're looking at three to four years of really good production. Mm-hmm. I think Christian McCaffrey probably has a little mm-hmm. bit more because of the way he plays, a lot of catching the ball, things like that. But Antonio Brown, I think you would expect the same amount of time left for him. Um, and I, and then you're getting the, you know, the two first-round picks, so – I love Christian McCaffrey. I'd love to have him. I wouldn't pay that much for him. Uh, Marine, really, I wouldn't have got close to that. I mean, I well, I'd have probably given up Brown in a first-round pick, but I definitely wouldn't give up two firsts for him. Yeah. Um, my opinion is, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who knows where he'll be in the future, but he could be that back and uh, maybe a little steep, maybe a first and a second. I don't know. Um, it gets when you when you start looking at the fine line between some of these trades, it's hard to predict that stuff, and and that's the nature of the dynasty. That's what we were talking about earlier on the on the uh, actual message board. All right, moving on to the next one, you got Show Me Your TDs acquiring Nelson Aguilar, Paul Richardson, and a 2019 third round pick, and the Nightman got Marcus Mariota. Uh, ben, anything? Listen, I, I am not a Marcus Mariota fan. Um, I'm going to be honest, and, and I think Jay will be honest with us. Um, you know, Jay's got a, a really good team, and I think he's got to try to find a way to get some value out of some players to clear roster spots. Um, and by him doing that, he took a chance on Marcus Mariota, which is a young quarterback. He is a starter. Um, I don't hate the trade at all for Jay. I think it was a smart move by him by taking that leap. Um, I don't think he was going to get a lot for either one of those guys later on, and he got a uh, – I think he may have gave up a third-round pick, too. So, I think it was a good trade for Jay. A uh, good trade for Audric because it gives him a little depth at wide receiver. Gives him a little bit more draft uh, stock. Um, gave up Mariota, which I'm not a huge fan of. So, I, I think it was all right for both of them. It's, it's, yeah, not how, a big, it's not a blockbuster trade. How old is Richardson? 27, maybe. So, I mean, just not extremely old for a, a wide receiver? No, nah, he's probably got four years, five years left. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's a terrible trade. I mean, Audrey actually turned it around this week, and uh, which is interesting. I, I have a theory in my mind. I don't really want to go there with it, uh, but it's kind of with what Chris is doing right now. Uh, but um, I, th- I think it's it's a pretty good trade for, I think, both of them. Um, I, I'm just not a huge Marcus Mariota guy right now. Uh, maybe as time passes, that opinion will change. Uh, I hope it does because I want to see the Titans do well. But, uh, Jay, your opinion on your own own trade here? 
Yeah, I didn't. I mean, that Ben's exactly right. We talked about it some. I needed to clear some roster space, um, just kind of looking ahead. I like Aguilar quite a bit, actually, but I he wasn't going to play for me. Paul Richardson, I think, is a good kind of end-of-the-roster guy that you could – I mean, he scored a touchdown this past week, and I think you're going to get that um, from time to time. And a third-round pick, I, I don't put a lot of stock into it. I like it. I like them more when it's like draft time than I do when it's not, but um, they're just – they're so hit or miss. And then I got Mariota. I don't love him, but he is the Titans quarterback, and I definitely like the Titans. And I think also he's a starter for another three to four years at least. Um, and there's always value in that. And I think he – I do think he's one of the best 31 QBs in the league. And so no matter what happens, he'll keep playing. Um, and so especially it was kind of looking into the future. We're going to go to two QBs and – um, having him on my bench as a guy that can fill in some when guys get injured or on bye weeks, I, I like that idea. So that's why I did it. All right. Uh, moving on to the next one, you had the Knox Villains uh, acquired Doug Baldwin, a 2019 first-round pick, a 2019 fourth-round pick, and the Nightman acquired Tevin Coleman and a 2019 third-round pick. Uh, ben, anything here on this one? Yeah, I sent Chris a text message, and I probably shouldn't have sent him a text. I probably should have sent him a trade offer. Um, but it was late at night when I did that, uh, or during the day, I forgot when it was, I was doing something and I had to go back and take one of my guys off of IR to offer him the trade. And I, so I just sent him a text and showed it to him. And, uh, I, off, I actually offered him Sam's first round pick, which Sam says he don't, it's what his first round pick, but it is Sam's first round pick for next year, uh, which will probably be a pretty decent pick, uh, Chris said that he didn't see it. I guess he was at the beach, whatever. Um, so, long story short, Chris kind of screwed the pooch on himself on that one because he wasn't paying attention to what I sent him via text message and actually took a worse trade. But it was a good trade for Jay, so um, I'd have definitely done that trade. Yeah. So, uh, Jay, your opinions on this one? This is yours. Yeah, I um, I don't really – you know, I think I'm going to have a high uh, – like low pick in the first round by low, I mean, nine or 10, eight, nine, 10, something like that. And I just, I think next year's draft class is low with wide receivers, which I'm pretty heavy at. And I think Tevin Coleman provided some value, some for this year. I mean, more after this past week when Freeman got out for the year. But I think just kind of thinking ahead on Coleman, it was more of an investment. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I think he'll sign somewhere as a starting running back. And when I when he does, I think the very least I'll get back is a first round pick. So it gave me some uh, some depth for this year, and then also I think the value will kind of hold true going into the next year. Um, I also threw in Doug Baldwin, which I wasn't super pumped about, but um, once again I pretty loaded at wide receiver, so I wasn't too concerned about giving him up. Um, and so all right, the next one you got the Yeti Hunters, a twenty twenty third round pick, and the Knox Villains acquired. Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, any opinions here on this one? Uh, I'd have waited and picked up Edo Smith, or not Edo Smith, uh, Ian Thomas off of waiver wires, and you'd probably got the same uh, value. But that's that's just a that's a trade that was just made just for making trades. Yeah, I think it was a trade made for maybe five weeks and injuries. Um, I don't. Chris really liked Ricky Seals Jones. I was talking to him about it today. I, I don't have much use for him. I think he's another just kind of jag, as they say, just another guy that kind of 
he's good for the end of your bench. He's good to fill in from time to time. Um, and for a third round pick, I don't, you know, there's not much value. In that. Yeah. I think it's fine trade for both of them. All right. Next one, we got Ben making a trade, acquired Amari Cooper, a 2020 second round pick. And the Vols got Marquise Goodwin, Josh Adams, a 2020 first round pick, and a 2021 first round pick. And uh, Jay, any opinion here? I think Ben probably overpaid. Um, but, uh, I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen with Amari Cooper. I think it's a risky time to buy into Amari Cooper. Um, you know, I think he he's probably worth a first and something. So, if you're going to give up a first and Ben, gave up two first, he got the second back, which is going to help you know, kind of offset that value some. But, um Ben's liked Amari Cooper since he was on Bowling's team. Bowling would never trade, so I'm sure Ben's been wanting to get a piece of that uh, action. So, but Amari Cooper gets traded soon. Maybe he blows up, and if he does, if he if he goes the direction he was going, uh, the trade's well worth it. I just don't know if he's going to. Yeah, it, my question is: Are Marquise Goodwin and Josh Adams worth anything for the Vols? I think Marquise Goodwin's got some value. I think he's a good – I'd love to have him on my bench. Um, I mean, he scored two touchdowns last week. I don't know if that's an every week thing for him, but I think you're looking at a guy that's going to get, you know, 800 yards and six touchdowns a year, which it's not huge, but it's in a with in leagues with huge rosters like we have. That's a good guy to have on your team for injuries and things like that. So, Ben, your opinions on your trade here? Yeah, I, I think I called Marquise Goodwin. We can look back on the podcast, but I, I think I even said he was going to be a top 15 wide receiver um, this year. Unfortunately, the quarterback went down. He's been dealing with injuries. Um, I like the guy too, man. I really do. Um, I saw where he went off, and then it's like the old man jumped all over that trade and accepted it as soon as he saw what uh, Goodwin was doing. But Amari Cooper um, – you know, it's so hard to judge value in this league because some people value receivers and running backs, and it just seems like some people give up the world for players, and people like Matt get the world in return on certain players. So it's really hard to judge. Uh, Campbell even said he don't trust when Jay and I send trades, and it's not like we have a crystal ball. Uh, I think Jay and I both kind of reach for players sometime and take gambles um, – just because it's fun, A, and you, you definitely want to hit a home run on some trades. But for the two first-round picks, they're, they're first-round picks for the next two years. I really think I'll be competitive if I can stay healthy. Uh, so I think there'll be higher first-round picks. Um, so I like Amari Cooper. I like the fact that if they're smoke, they're fire there in Oakland. Um, they got rid of Khalil Mack, so they're definitely going to get rid of Cooper whether they trade him for a first-round pick, but they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, not if they're looking at trading him. And um, he's going to be gone from there, which I think will only benefit him in the long run. Uh, Green Bay has been a huge topic on him. Jay and I talked about that yesterday, and I actually said Green Bay is a good landing spot. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But uh, I like Amari Cooper. I think he's one of the better receivers, young receivers. He's still 24. So he's got, what, eight years left in the league. So – I, I feel like it's a uh, it's a gamble worthwhile. All right, and our last one we had the Megagonites, and here's here's Doug Baldwin again. The Megagonites have now acquired Doug Baldwin, uh, Jarvis Landry, and a 2021 first round pick, 
And the Knox villains now have Devontae Booker in two 2019 first-round picks. Uh, ben, I think we kind of saw your opinion on the message boards. But I'm going to let Jay start this and, and talk about the trade first. Yeah, so first off, before Ben starts going nuts, I don't mind the trade. Um, I think you're giving up. I, I wonder about the value of Jarvis Landry. He's been really good. He was really good in Miami, but he's always been a, a possession guy. He's I think he, throughout his career he's averaged like nine yards of reception, which is really low. Um, he's playing with a rookie QB with a terrible head coach. It's not like he's this guy that's <laughs> – Devontae Adams where you've got all this upside and you're just loving him playing with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then also I think the – I think he was he's probably worth, if I were valuing him, a first-round pick and probably something else, maybe a young player, something like that, and a young good player, not anyone. Um, but so Chris got back two first-round picks and he gave away his 2021 first. Um and the value of a 2021 first and a 2019 first are not the same. Um, you couldn't right now, I couldn't go around offering my 2021 first or 2019 first. Nobody's going to accept that. And so I think to say Chris trading for one first is, is a little untrue. It's a little unfair for what's actually happening. But um, I like the trade for Matt overall, especially if he's all in for this year, which it looks like he is with a trade like that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I like it. I, yeah, I question, I wonder about Chris. He's always been the guy to trade away his draft picks and now he's been picking them up. Um, and I think he has a team that he's got two really good young running backs and he's betting that he can turn his team around in one year in 2019. But from what I've read, the 2019 class is loaded with wide receivers and, betting on young wide receivers to kind of fill out your team is, is hard versus like good young running backs where they can quickly turn your team around like they've done with mine, like they've done um, with Chris, with Sonny Michelle and Joe Mixon. So I think you're – I want to bet – if I'm betting on – if I'm using draft picks to fill out my team, I want to bet on running backs. But this 2019 class is going to be more wide receiver heavy than running back. All right, so the question is then, do you not think that Chris has two solid starters at running back for next year? I think he has two solid starters at running back. But what I'm saying is those first-round picks, he's trying to collect 2019 first, is you want to be loaded at wide receiver and go into the draft needing running backs. That's how you turn your team around. If you're loaded at running back and you're going into the draft trying to get wide receivers to quickly build up your team, that's a lot harder to do because most rookie wide receivers aren't good. Um, it takes them a lot longer to adjust than, say, a rookie running back. So that's kind of my thoughts. Uh, ben, your opinion? Well, listen, I, I talked to Chris yesterday and I talked to him until I was blue in the face. Um, and I, I tried to explain to him that Listen, you've got a solid core, and, and he does. But, yes, he needs he needs to build. But this is what I told Chris. This was the advice I gave him. I offered Chris Sam's first-round pick and his second-round pick, which would be probably number 11 all because he's probably going to finish dead last. Um, he may win a few games this year. And then I offered him my second-round pick. So, we had three second or three top 15 picks, which – Listen, there's a there's a lot of value in the mid second round. I know Jay may be like, ah, out of the top five, it's a dart throw. Well, let's be honest. Any draft you go into, unless there's a Saquon Barkley or 
you know, just a sure enough hit, a lot of it's dart throws in the draft. And that's what I tried to tell Chris. Um, I've kind of learned my lesson on that because, I listen, I used to stack picks like crazy. That's the reason why my team's so young. Um, But, man, he's got Sonny Michelle, Joe Mixon. He's got Keelan Cole, which is an up-and-coming wide receiver. Hasn't done a ton this year, but he's still got a lot of talent. Um, You know, he's got some guys. And I told him, I said, man, keep Jarvis Landry. Even if you don't trade me, I could care less. Keep him on your team. He's a good, solid PPR guy, which receivers are worth more now than they ever have been in our league. And I said, take um, take Doug Baldwin, trade him for a third-round pick, take some of your other guys on your bench that are middle of the road, like your, uh, you know, Allen, trade him for a fourth-round pick. Uh, you know, anybody you got on your bench that you could trade for picks and start building it that way. Um you know, I, I guess he chose the high road. I really hope it works out for Chris because, listen, I, I, you know, Chris is frustrated with the league, uh, especially when it comes to um, drafts – or, I'm sorry, with trades. But um, I don't know. If he can hit on those two first-round picks and one of them may be a second uh, – number two pick, he can get uh, Damian Harris from Alabama or Bryce Love from Stanford. I think one of those two guys should be available. Um, or they will be available number two overall. Um, I just think – I hope – he better hope that I don't make a run for it starting this week, next week, whenever, and make a run towards the playoffs. Um, that may be hard to do with Matt's team the way it is right now. All right, and, yeah, real quick, I my opinion on Jarvis Landry is he's an extremely talented receiver. Uh, he just hasn't landed in the right system yet. Uh, at Miami, he didn't really have a chance there. They weren't good at throwing the ball. And now he's at, uh, you know, at the Browns. And I think there's a lot of potential with the Browns. You might see Jarvis Landry pick it up any year from now. Uh, and he's going to produce this year because he's going to get catches. But um, my opinion on Jarvis Landry, I like the trade. I, I really like Jarvis Landry. Um, maybe not this year, but next year I think he's going to be solid. Um, all right, moving on. That was – guys, we've already spent 23 minutes in this podcast. So we'll, we'll run through these others just a tad quicker than we normally would. Uh, But we're going to head into the recap, and we'll start with uh, our crossover match from last week, and that was me versus Ben. I scored 140 points, which was second in the league, and Ben ended up with 98. And, um, you know, I think it was good for me to finally have a quarterback that knew how to play the position and score a few points. Um, I'm glad to see. That's what I've been missing, really is a quarterback, and that's kind of what's been keeping me from about 15 to 20 more points every week. But um, optimum lineups, 161, 140. Uh, Jay, your opinion on this matchup here from last week? Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of the where the outcome was heading. Ben's team is in bad shape. There's just too many injuries, and I, he's going to have a hard time overcoming it. But Josh Gordon is looking nice for him. I think he's going to – add some value real quick. Um, they're going to throw him the ball, it looks like. So, you've got a chance to turn it around, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you you got a good win. Yeah, I yeah, definitely want to get into uh, standings before we get into next week's, next week's matchup because they're looking pretty interesting. Ben, your opinion on this one? Yeah, I, I'm going to – Jameis Winston scoring, you know, four, throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns. But look across at Mike Evans. He had 58 of those yards. Mike Evans is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. Jameis Winston is 
Mike Evans, it's it's his it's his crutch. That's his handicap. Um, anytime Jameis Winston comes in the game, for whatever reason, he don't throw to Mike Evans. I, I don't understand it. It's been like that for a while, even though he's had a thousand yards. But he, that's not one of the guys that he really looks to. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley, he went off, and you and I talked about. I had to average four more points a player just to beat you. Um, you know, with Cup going down, Robert Woods got, you know, he got a plethora of, of throws to him. Sanders had a good game. You just had a lot of guys that had good games, and you had some that didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Calvin Ridley, he got hurt in the first quarter, and he already put up six points. So, um, yeah, it was just a good game by you, and I, I just had a down week. So, yeah, good, good week. Good All game. right, moving on to the next one. We had the Knox Villains and the Yeti Hunters. Uh, this one ended up 98 to 132. And uh, just kind of looking at that matchup, uh, Knoxville versus Yeti Hunters, you had, uh, I guess, neither quarterback performed great. But Kit, Kit had two. Uh, what's the difference here? Receivers. There you go. Look at Adams. Dang, what a night. Uh, that was a crazy. Did y'all watch that game? The Green Bay game? Uh, yes. Yes, that, I didn't watch all of them. So the, the true goat, baby. That, that was true goat. nuts. That was a crazy game, and um, you know Adams has already already put up some good points. But man, you talking about Rod, Rogers just looked like Superman uh, coming back in that game. Um, but um, you know anybody's anybody got opinions here on on hey, to say as a kid? I was going to say, I think he, Kit keeps winning, but I think he's in trouble. I, I think Jordan Howard's pretty much done in Chicago. You can't count on 54 yards and two touchdowns from Alex Collins every week. Um, but he's in good shape with Elliott, Hopkins, and Adams. They're going to – I mean, they're going to put up probably combined close to 60 points every week. Um, and so he needs – you know, if he's averaging 10 from the rest of his guys, he's going to score a lot of points. Just kill. He's got nothing. He's got nothing on his bench. Does Kit have a chance and, at losing every week? There, one of those is on by. Oh yeah, I think he he's going to have a really hard time winning if one of them are on by, um, or if they just have a down week. I mean, it's going to be tough. But when they're all through playing, it's I mean those they seem right now to be guaranteed at twenty points a week. Um, About so seventy be between them. Yeah. Be in your opinion. Yeah, I, I Sony Michelle. He he looks to be. The go-to guy there. Um, I don't know how many times he's going to put up 24 points, but in that system, it's a good possibility that he gets close to that every week. So, uh, good solid player there. Um, yeah, I mean, Kit's got some pretty good wide receivers and Ezekiel Elliott. And if uh, I think Bell's done in Pittsburgh, so I don't know. It's a coin toss, but he has no depth. Yeah, so Kit. My advice is try to trade off Jordan. Kit had a good week on his bench with a total of 23 points there. And it's been like that all year. Yeah, long. he's still winning. Uh, and in all honesty, he's well. We'll get into that again later. I, I got a lot to talk about later on these matchups, but uh, we'll go back and we'll look at uh, the next one. The I've got Mega Gonites versus the Nightman, and Mega Gonites, which we thought since uh, New Orleans was on a bye that this would probably happen. We all went with that. Uh, so far, the only miss is Ben picking himself in uh, mine in his game. Uh, but you've got – we all went with the Mega Gonites over the Nightman this week. And Matt won 136 to 94. So, Ben, any opinions here before we give the mic to Jay? I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think it would have mattered. 
Um, the other two guys, I mean, you look – I mean, who would have Jay, – Jay probably would have set Sammy Watkins, you know. So, you, you may look at, let's say, another 20 points there that uh, Michael Thomas could have got. Um, so, let's say 20 there. So, he's at, what, 113. And then another – he would have set Aaron Jones. And let's say another 20 points there. It's 133. So, I, I don't think either way it would have mattered. So, um, Matt had a good game. Jay's – Team was weak this week. A lot I've had to do to buys, but Adam Thielen, dude, he's he's a freaking man. Jay offered me him for um, Austin Hooper. Yeah, how in the world? I mean, what in the world has gone on that Alan Thielen has just gone off? I mean, did he just fall in the perfect system? Yeah, he's just he's just a good route runner, man. He's got excellent hands, great speed, and he's just an outstanding route runner. So undrafted at that. Jay, your opinion here? Well, um. I tell you what was heartbreaking was I was watching that Kansas City game. First into the first half, Mahomes had I think three points. Tyreek Cohen had like five, and I thought that I had a chance. But then they uh, they blew it up in the second half. But Ben also had uh, just for talking about my team, I had Kenny Galladay on the bench too, which would have started over Kittle, um, which probably would have been good for another ten points. So um, you know, I think, but I. I'm a little concerned. I, I'm a little concerned if Dalvin Cook doesn't do anything. Um, I think there's a little problem I have at running back. But I like kind of the guys, Mark Ingram, Duke Johnson. Um, I still like Kenyon Drake, um, those guys. I think they still have some value. So, I'd be comfortable with my wide receivers, Thomas, Galladay, and Thielen, um, and then Kamara and one of one of those guys every week. I, I would be happy with that, and I think I'd have a good shot to win. So, All right. Um, moving on to the next one, you have Bob Vance and Vance's refrigeration versus uh, my ball, Zach Ertz. And Cam Balls got him a win at 108 points, Sam at 90. Jay, you picked uh, Sam to win, so we'll let you start this one out. How do you think that went? Yeah, he just uh, had a bad week. Yeldon didn't do much. Uh, Naheem Hines didn't do anything. Watson. Um, so, yeah, was, Deshaun Watson got seven points. So, he just had a bad week. Um, he did get 17 points out of Austin Hooper, which is pretty nice. And Juju Schuster-Smith, who Ben wouldn't have traded Marlon Mack for, had 18 points. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Campbell had, a, you know, 108 to 9, and neither one of them are burning the, the doors off. But it was a nice win for Campbell, um, and I think he's got a good team. So, um, but also, Marshawn Lynch, I think, is hurt uh, maybe for a while. So, that can hurt Campbell's chances at making a run at it. All right. So, so Watson had a touchdown and only seven points. So, we we know. That's pretty awful. I mean, how many turnovers do he have? Anybody know off the top of their head? No, I can take a look while you're uh, talking, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at Sam's team, I mean, this is always the issue with a team that's heavy in receivers. Uh, the problem is he doesn't have running backs at all. Uh, he needs to find a way to trade for a running back. Uh, Murray had a big week, but at the same time, I'm not convinced I would have started him uh, based on the recent history. Um, but, so, you know, sometimes you do. You just got to stick it out and they eventually perform. Uh, Cam Balls, if it hadn't been for Connor, we probably wouldn't even talking about him winning this week. Uh, ben, your opinion's here. Deshaun Watson had two interceptions, three fumbles, and one loss. So, that tells you the thing. Um, I, I'm just going to say this. I, you know, listen, Sam has overperformed all year. I, I don't care who says what. He's overperformed. 
Um, Cook is like the number two tight end. Listen, the true colors shown through this week. Now, granted, Deshaun Watson had a terrible week, and a lot of the other guys had bad weeks. But they've absolutely gone off this year um, when most shouldn't have. So, listen, Sam's done a great job. Hats off to you, Sam. Seriously, mad props to you. You've done well with what you've got. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised, though, if there's more weeks like this to come, even though his optimum score is 168. So, he's got points on the bench. Uh, but, you know, 25 of those came from Latavius Murray. Um, with, you know, Cook coming back, that could fall off again. There's a lot of guys that it's just it's dart throws on his team, a lot like mine. So, um, good win for Campbell, though. Listen, and, and just to make mention of it, we we decided this year to change the receiving points, and I think it's really made a difference in the variation between receivers. And I think that was the issue we had in the past in the league is running backs were all scoring right about the exact same points. And or not running backs, receivers. We're all scoring right around the exact same points, whether they were great or bad. Only your elite guys were really giving you extra points. And I think by changing these points up, we've started to create a bigger divide between who's good and who's bad. And I think that's making a big difference in the league. And and just to go with Sam's team, I really like his receivers. I think he has a very solid group of receivers, and I think that you can win this league with four solid receivers and a quarterback that performs. Now, Watson has not performed this week, but he has in the past. And I, I think Sam can make a run for making the playoffs, although uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more here in the matchups. Um, but we got one more. Um, you had the Vols. The Vols. Take on Show me your TDs. Aldrich scored 125 points this week, a big week for Aldrich. Uh, but it was not even close to defeating the old man's 180. And uh, is anybody going to beat the Vols this year? Unless he has a catastrophic injury to his lineup, um, I, I don't think so. I mean, he scored 180 points with Odell Beckham only scored seven. So, I mean, he's got two guys that scored more points than probably half of the league, or three guys combined. Rodgers, Gordon, and Gurley. Those three alone scored over 100 points. Those three are at about 110 points. Those three, right? Uh, about 121. 40, 40, 40 is 120. But anyways, yeah, you're right. I mean, they scored an extremely large amount of points. 36, 36, and 39 and a half. So – um, yeah, anytime anybody – if you got three guys that score 110, you might win the week anyway, right? Or you got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a solid – with three guys scoring that, that's that's tough to beat. I, I'm going to say, oh, man, if, if for right now, especially if Tyler Boyd, Boyd keeps doing what he's doing, Zach Ertz keeps putting up the numbers he's doing, um, it, it's going to be really hard, really hard to beat the old Jay, man. your opinions here on the Vols versus show me your TDs? I mean, um, Audrick had a good game. I hate he, he had one and he lost, but yeah, it's going to be tough to beat the Vols. But I do think looking at his schedule, and I don't say this simply – I mean, I say it partly because of my team I think it's good. But week nine, I think it's probably the best chance for him to lose. He's got quite a few guys on by that week, so – and I don't, so – but – his team's really good. It's going to be tough to beat him. I, I mean, if I was a betting man on who was going to win right now, I'd say it's him. So. He's scoring over 100 more points than Jay 
and Jay's second in the league. In yeah, it's insane. That, it's um, insane the amount yeah, of points he's scoring. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, the picks. To do a pick recap, Flea Flicker got four out of five. Ben had four out of five. Jay had four out of five. And I got five out of five this week. Uh, I wish I had a little sound effect that kind of goes off, you know, when people smile and you get the twinkle in the teeth. But um, I think that would be good for five out of five. Uh, but that brings our total to Flea Flicker at 25 out of 30. They miss one every single week. Um, Ben's at 21. Jay's at 18 minus a week. And I'm now at 21. And in our two-division matchups, we've got it's, – it's at three and three. And i got to be honest, now I'm starting to believe that um, maybe – Maybe these divisions are a little bit closer to even than I had anticipated at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, it's looking like it. All right, so moving on to the matchups. And, and this is interesting because now we start looking at the standings, and um, it is, it's getting kind of interesting here. There's only – Matt and I are the only two with even records. You've got a 6-0 and record, a 5-1 and record, a 5-1 and record. And then that fourth playoff spot is really close for a lot of people. Um, and so I think that this week we'll, we'll talk about matchups and I'll voice some of my opinion as it, as it comes down to, uh, to the standings. And, and let's try to keep that in mind as we go through these. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting race. I think anybody can get it. And, and, for example, Matt making some big moves this week, maybe that's what tips him. Uh, gives him that extra edge to move on ahead of me or some of these other two and four teams to to move on into the playoffs. But our first matchup, moving on into the matchups this week, is uh, offensive material versus my ball, Zach Ertz. And I'm predicted to get 119 and Cam Balls at 90. And so I'm going to take myself here, guys, and then I'll let uh, Ben be prepared to start this one here. Uh, What's your opinion on this matchup? Yeah, you got Saquon Barkley going up against Atlanta. I think he scores well over 20 points again. Um, they've got a mess in New York. Um, I think they're going to feed him. He is a superstar in New York. Um, I would look at him finishing third at worst in the running back department. Um, is Cooper Cup's out again. So, you look at Robert Woods going up against San Francisco. Um, I, I'm going to take you in this game as well just because of the injuries that Campbell's have. Uh, Lynch is out, Martin's out, Connor's out. So I, I think you're going to come away with a big win this week, and uh, that's two solid wins for you back to back. Yeah, and that's in, in my opinion. This is we're getting close to needing to talk about playoffs, and, and four and three is going to be a lot better record going into this than than some others could end up with after this week. Uh, Jay, your opinion on this matchup? Yeah, I think you're probably going to win. I mean, I'm going to go with you, but uh, looking at your team. I think you've got an issue if you're if you're trying to make a run at it this year. You're you're shorter running back, um, and I think you know that. But we could see what happens with Ito Smith. But Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry have both been incredibly disappointing. I mean, the Titans have just been incredibly disappointing. Yeah, and I really uh, thought I'd get a little bit out of Deion Lewis, and I thought I'd get more out of Lamar Miller this year than than what yeah, I've got. I, I really thought. I feel like Lamar Miller through his career has been like. 15 points every single week. You know, it was like you never got greatness, but you always got, and he's been real bad. Consistent, I, solid play. Yeah, you just – he wasn't a guy that was flashy. You couldn't have got a lot for him. Like, you couldn't have traded for a lot for him. But if he was on your team, you were happy to have him. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, him being a 
terrible. It's just no good. And uh, But those three wide receivers you got are really good. They stay healthy. They're going to carry you. I think they might carry you into the playoffs. But it would be nice if you had – if Ito Smith could do something in Atlanta, I think you're in a really good spot. So. All right. Um, you're welcome for Ito Smith, by the hey, way. Hey, yeah, thanks. Anytime, Ben. Um, I really like that guy in the draft. <laughs> All right, and then uh, moving on, the next one we've got is show me your TDs versus uh, losing to Jay since – losing to Jay, losing to Jay since 83. And, uh, Ben, we're, we're going to go ahead and let – I don't normally do this, but I kind of like to know your opinion here. Uh, that This is my, – my notes on this, I, I jumped ahead of one there. We were supposed to show show me your TDs and Megan and I will come back to it. But uh, my notes on this, I wrote, Wow. And here's why I wrote that. I was looking at this game, and I'm thinking about all the injuries Ben's had, you know, including now that we're on bye weeks. You got a few guys on bye here and there. And then I was also thinking about where the Knox villains have been scoring, and they haven't been. But this week they're predicted at 102. And this is interesting because they're predicted at 102 and 105, and last week both of them scored 98 points. So I think we may see a really close match here. Um but, Ben, I'll let you start. I'll make my pick later. I think my tight ends is uh, Burton. I think he's going to be the go-to guy. They're going to have to throw a lot against New England. Um, New England's – they're giving up a lot of points to a tight end. Uh, that's the reason why I played Trey Burton this week. Um, Keenan Allen's been pretty disappointing this year with one touchdown. Uh, but it took him seven, eight weeks to get going last year, too. Um, I just think my wide receivers have too good of a matchup this week. Uh, all three defenses they're going up against are not real solid in the uh, passing attack. I think with Marlon Mack coming off the injury, showing good signs last week, even though Buffalo has got a, uh, a strong defense against the run game, I think they're going to get Mack involved due to all the wide receiver injuries, at least throwing some you know pass out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt's come alive in the last few weeks since Jay ran his mouth about him. I appreciate that, Jay. But he's going up, a shaky, he's going up against a shaky Cincinnati defense. Peyton Barber, he finally came alive going up once again a Cleveland shaky defense. And uh, Kirk Cousins at New the Jets, I think he's going to throw wild to Adam Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs. So I, I think I'm going to score a lot more than 105 as it projected. Um, but you never know. I, I may put in, you know, I may throw in somebody crazy at the end of the week. But I, I'm picking me in this week. All right, Jay, your opinion here? Yeah, I'll also go with Ben. I don't uh, – I mean – but a lot of that depends. I think if Sony Michelle and Joe Mixon have really good games, I think I think he Chris will probably win. But I think if I'm looking at the floor, I think Ben's floor is a lot higher than Chris's. And I think that's kinda I'm gonna bet on that. Um so yeah. Well they've got Mike Evans at sixteen point six six predicted points. So I don't know if they know something uh that we don't know. I you don't usually see a receiver that's having a season like Mike Evans that high uh he's predicted to score as many as joe mixon which <laughs> i don't anticipate at all but at the same time i do like mike evans um looking at this matchup you know stafford i don't think he'll perform great i think 23 points is probably a good prediction there um sony michelle at chicago i don't think is going to be uh great i think he will get more than 12 but i don't know that he'll get much more and in all but honestly, like Ben had said, I do like Ben's matchups a little bit better. And considering, and this is this is what I was amazed with, considering that Chris is appears to be trying to gain draft picks and has traded off some pretty good football players. 
uh, I was surprised to see that he's predicted to score 102. And I know Mixon is back, and I know he's a big scorer for Chris, but at the same time, he's gotten rid of some pretty decent players and still has an okay prediction here. Uh, but I'm going with Ben as well. Um, in this one, I think, like Ben said, his matchups look better. Right, let me chime in real quick, and we'll move on. Kansas City's going to put up a lot of points. I think that's going to limit Joe Mixon in the run game. All right, and going into uh, the one I skipped, show me your TDs versus the Megagonites. Uh, right now, Matt's predicted at 108 and Audric at 93. Um, I'll go ahead and start here. Uh, I like, obviously, Matt's team. I'm going to go with Matt here. I don't. I think that's probably more of a no-brainer than, than normal. But I think Landry's going to show up. I think – you got Tyreek Hill. You you just got too many guys that can score so many points for Matt. Uh, there, when Jay was talking about the floor, you look at Matt's team. They're more of a ceiling team. Um, those athletes could score just tremendously high. They could also flop like you've seen Diggs do once or twice this year already. Um, but Aldrich's team, he's just got he's still got too many guys that can't put up great numbers. Uh, they can put up okay numbers, but they just can't put up great numbers. If if Aldrick were to have the week he had last week, I could I could see him edging out Matt this week, but I just don't see that coming consistently. Jay, your opinion here? Yeah, I would agree with that assessment quite a bit. I, Matt's ceiling is really high. I mean, Mahomes, Diggs, Johnson, Hill, Landry—they can all have huge, huge weeks. Even Crowell had you know thirty points a couple weeks ago. Um, whereas Audric's team, you're looking at really Tariq Cohen and Alshon Jeffrey are guys that would score above their points. The rest of them, it's kind of like they are what they are. You know, with Aguilar, you're getting five to six catches, 70 yards. Um, Eckler, he's the backup to get Gordon. He gets some touches. He gets some nice games. But the the flo- the ceiling is just not that high, and I think, I'm, I think Matt's going to win. So. All right, Ben. I'm going to take Matt, too. Um, I'm going off what you guys said. I'm not really going to elaborate a whole lot. But what I want to talk about here is looking at Matt's team um, real quick. I, I would love to see Matt. And if Matt was smart, and I, and y'all can agree or disagree, he's got six first-round draft picks in the next three years. Why doesn't Matt take two of those draft picks, go after a stud tight end like a Zach Ertz or um, even an Evan Ingram um, and then take those other four first-round picks and land him another solid running back um, and solidify his place for the next two or three years and make a strong case to have one of the best teams in the league for the next few years instead of taking gambles on draft picks. But I'm going, Matt, and I'll leave it at that. Oh, I, Listen, I don't disagree, and that's why I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on anything. I don't have as much in my back pocket as Matt does, and I'm with you, Ben. I think Matt has a lot of potential – in grabbing that one player he might need to get into the playoffs this year if he can figure out how to do it and get the right guy. But, uh, yeah, we'll move. Go I, ahead, Jay. Well, really quickly, I think one thing I was talking with Matt recently, he, he's kind of taken the slow approach to building his team, and I think he's in a spot where he doesn't want to – he's not willing to go all in yet. And I think if he – it got a little further along in the year and he was still there, I think he might do it. But I think he's willing to wait another year to really go all in. But here, here's players. my question to you, Jay. How often do uh, – D- uh, Johnson, Johnson, he's getting older. He's 26 years old, okay? He's starting to slow down a little bit already. 
Uh, he, he is not the running back he was two or three years ago. You've got a chance. You've got a window of opportunity. And that window of opportunity, in my opinion, is right now. I know where he's going with that, but he doesn't have an old team on his bench. He's got several solid young players. You can only take 24 into the offseason. I think now's the time if Matt really wants to make a push for the next three to four years, he's got to make a move and go after a running back and go after a tight end. Those two positions would solidify him. I know giving up six first-round picks is hard to do, but I promise you, if you went after a uh, you know, give up a go after DeAndre Hopkins. I know that's another wide receiver, but if you do that, you, you have solidified it, man. That will take a place of a running back. You need two running backs and go after a tight end. Go after somebody. And if Matt does that, I firmly believe that the next three to four years, Matt's in the Matt's in the discussion as it is already. But that will put him in the top three teams battling it out for the championship in the next three or four years. But he's going to miss that window of opportunity if he waits. Yeah, I think the time is close to now. It's close to now. It's really close to now. But, Ben, you're talking – I mean, you're talking about setting his team up for the next three or four years. If he waits one more year, he's in the same spot. He's still got all those draft picks. He's still got the same team full of young receivers. Um, I just don't think he's – If he waits the next year, he's got four first-round draft picks. As much as people values those draft picks – and Neither one of them is going to be low draft picks. Go ahead and go ahead and send them off, man. Get you a, get you a solid tight end this year. Spend your next two years and and then get you a running back. I just think that he has an opportunity to win the league. Um, obviously, he does. Um, I just think if it were me and it was my team, I would definitely make a trade for a small uh, a young running back that's up and coming, and uh, like somebody like Chris that is obviously in the draft picks right now. Trade for a Sony Michelle. Trade for a Joe Mixon. Go out and get him. Chris would give it up. It's obvious he will. Um, he says he won't, but that's available. That's just my opinion. I, I get what you're saying, but in my opinion, I, if I've got a chance to win, I'm going for it. Well, it picks are useless. It doesn't seem point. like this is the year that you're going to beat the Vols. Um, but at the same time, getting into the playoffs, anything could happen. Um, All that matters is getting That's into exactly playoffs. right. And, and I think that Matt's going to be close to that anyway. I think he can wait, but, but I think it's going to have to be this year. I think he can wait and see, am I going to make the playoffs? And if he thinks he can make it, he, need, he can sit on it. But if he thinks he's not, I think he's got to go ahead and make that move this year because I think he's got a shot at being in the playoffs and winning it this year if he makes them now. Um, moving on to Bob Vance and the night man. Uh, ben, are the Saints playing this week? They are. Then Jay they wins, right? So, um, yes. Bob Vance is predicted at 80. He's got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on his lineup and Cook on his lineup. They're both on bye. So, he's at 80 minus two is kind of what I put him. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, two players are not going to make up that point difference. And, and Jay with, with New Orleans is going to score a lot of points. Um, I think it's as simple as if New Orleans is playing, Jay has the potential to be the best team in the league that week. And if they're not, then he has the potential to be that fourth guy looking into the playoffs. Um, but, Ben, your opinions here on this one? Yeah, he's got Golden Tate sitting on the bench, and he's, um, you know, at 13 points. He He's going to be a good plug-in play right there for Smith-Schuster. Um, if I was, you know, Sam, I, I love him to death, man, but he's got a freaking open spot on his roster. Dude, you have one tight end on your bench. That's Antonio Gates. 
go out and get you somebody like Ian Thomas that's an up-and-coming tight end. Stash him on your bench. Or even go for Eric Swoop. If uh, Ebron goes down, Eric Swoop's going to be the man there at uh, Indianapolis. Um, I would probably pick up Swoop this week and play him, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he's scored a touchdown, it seems like, every week. So, it's going to be a better gamble than Antonio Gates. But I'm going with Jay big in this game. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with myself. As you said, when New Orleans playing, I'm in good shape. I got New Orleans playing for the rest of the year. Hopefully they don't get too far ahead in their division and they decide to take like week 16 off along with week 17. But um, if I can get to that. No, and that's, so, the, hey, that thought crossed my mind today, to be honest. Uh, what happens if New Orleans is playing extremely well, winning a bunch of games? Uh, how are you going to win that championship game if they satellite? Yeah, out? it's going to make – I mean, make it tough. So, I think uh, – but, you know, I – I, generally, I judge my success on getting into the playoffs. If you get into the playoffs, I think it you did what you, you had to do. You gave yourself a chance to win. Um, it's hard to predict anything beyond that. So, um, But, yeah, I think I'll win this week. I think I should get back to having a good week. And um, I would play Ingram over um, Dalvin Cook, Jay, just so you know. Yeah, I've thought about that. I, I'd like to see a little more from Ingram than just one week. But, I, you know, last year he was the number six running back in the league, so I'd gladly take that from him. Or Tevin Coleman. They're playing the Giants, and the Giants are terrible. You, you're picking the worst running back out of all three of those. Well, hey, you, you keep finishing last, and I'll keep winning. So, whatever. Carry on, friend. All right, uh, moving on to the last one. Um, Big Ron versus Kit. And, in all honesty, I think Kit has as solid as a lineup as he can have considering bye weeks. Uh, but I still don't think he can beat Big Ron. Um, you know, there's nobody on by for Big Ron's team other than quarterbacks. So he's still got Matt Ryan starting, which will do plenty good enough to reach the top there. Uh, any more you anybody wants to add here at all? I'd take Greg Olson out. I'm just not a, a believer in Greg Olson anymore. He's old, foot injuries, and he plays for freaking Carolina. If but, you take no. Greg Olson out, and you're the Getty Hunters. I guess you can put T.Y. Well, Hilton in. Got T.Y. Yeah. He'll, he'll have it. Surely he'll have T.Y. Hilton in before the week starts. He's a little crazy yeah. sometimes. But uh, I, I do think if Kit wins this week, he's he's it's going to be hard for him not to make the playoffs. So, which would be a huge win for him if he's somehow able to beat the old man, which he could. I mean, he – Elliot, Howard, Collins. No, that's – one of them. And that's it. That, that's my point. He's got a solid lineup this week, and, and and the potential is there to beat Big Ryan, but gosh dang. At five, at five and one, he's got a good chance anyways. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to flop a lot of games, or he's going to have an injury to come up to really uh, push him down that playoff list. In my honest opinion, it's Jay, Ronnie, Matt, and Kit that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's that's why I think that it might be Matt might have to make a move this year. If Matt can make it in the playoffs without making a move, there's no way I'd make a move, right? I mean, it's yeah, I agree. I would. But if if the potential is there that he's not, I mean, one simple move could get him in. I mean, really, and truly. one simple move could win him the league. I don't think Matt's strong enough to beat Ronnie. So if he's going to make the playoffs and he thinks he has a chance to win the league, Jay has said this a thousand times. If you can win the league, if you think you have a chance, make a move. Jay has said that repeatedly, and I don't know why he's backtracking. No, I'm not trying to backtrack. I think what you're what you're saying is if Matt thinks he's ready to go, for right? It. 
if he thinks he needs to wait, then he should wait. But if he thinks he has a legit chance, if he can get – if he can use two of those first-round picks and, say, pick up, I don't know, some running back and he is able, then, yeah, I think he should go for it. Um, but I think if he's not ready to do that, I think he would be fine waiting another year and then going all in next year, which I think he'll be ready to go in all in next year. Well, but, I think he could trade two first-round picks in 19, the other two that he has, at a young player – and get Joe Mixon or Sony Michelle. Well, he's at he's at three and three. So I mean, he's not sitting in a bad shape for the playoffs right now, uh, compared to everybody in the league. And that's why I think he's just got to take it game to game. I wouldn't make the move yet. I would wait and see. If I lose this week, I might go ahead and make that move this week. Uh, but well, if I win this man. week, I may wait another week. Um. All right. Um. I think that covers everything. That is the crossover game of the week: the Vols versus the Yeti Hunters. And so it should be interesting to see uh, how that one goes. I, th- I think we all picked the Vols. I don't. I don't remember asking. Yes, Vols. All right. So yeah, Ben, Vols. Jay, Nate, all taking the Vols. And um, you know, like we said, I, maybe Jay beats them in Week Nine. Uh, that, in my opinion, was the only way he was going to lose is to to uh, the New Orleans Saints. But uh, all right, hey, that covers the. The matchups, guys, anything y'all want to throw in before we get into this local forecast? It should be quick. Pull the trigger, Matt. <laughs> I'm good, guys. Was, I enjoyed it. And uh, talk to y'all. You'll talk about the – hey, do you want to talk about the Vols? Win over Florida? Listen, here's the deal. Win over Auburn. Auburn. Win Auburn. over Auburn. Auburn. Thank you. I loved it. I love the Vols. I think Jerry Garantano, however you say his name, is the real deal. I'm excited about what's going to happen. I think we're – we, you know, actually, one thing we didn't talk about, which we said we we're going to talk about, is Ben's idea that you throw it deep after every turnover. Can we talk about? Yeah, we talk about it. Listen, I didn't say throw it deep after every turnover. I'm saying the Tennessee Vols have nothing to lose. Why are you trying to run it down the sixth best running defense in NCAA when you're on the road and you've got them by the throat at that point? You're down. You've got the momentum. Take a shot. Yeah. Take a shot. There's, you know, I I don't disagree that taking a shot is – I think it's a great idea. I, I really do. Well, Thinking but, after me, a turnover, taking this. a shot let is a big deal. this. When did they stop us from throwing the football? Well, that's that was going to be my point. A lot of coaches go into games with a game plan. I mean, how do we know they don't come in? And, I mean, we used to – I mean, when we ran the wing tee and ran it well, we would come in, very first play would be a trap. Every time, every game. And that's just to try to get the defense to think, hey, this is what they're most comfortable with. And it's not necessarily. And so, I don't, you know, maybe the coach came in with a game plan and said, hey, we're going to run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And we, even when they think we're going to throw, we're going to run it just so that we can get running in their mind. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into the way these guys think. And I don't think there's rights or wrongs. I just think that. You know, it's moments. It's moments that win and lose some of these games. And but that is a moment that you 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 shot yourself in the foot with momentum, or possibly could have. You could have threw an interception, and and you could have gave the ball right back to him. But I'm just saying, at that point, Tennessee has nothing to lose. I understand the game plans, all that stuff. I don't understand why they're willing to go deep later on in the game and absolutely murder it. And listen, Jared Guantanamo Bay. Dude, he – listen, he's one of the most accurate passers outside of Tua 
I think in the SEC. I mean, he's great. He's, he's done a heck of a job, especially considering how many times he gets knocked on the ground. Oh, dude, he gets hit in the mouth so much. And uh, listen, he is an outstanding quarterback, an outstanding pocket passer, um, and he's got probably two of the best wide receivers. I'm not saying the best, but he has two of the best wide receivers in the SEC at 50-50 balls. Jay, your opinion on going forward after a turnover? I just I, – I feel like that's one of those things that we say in, like, in middle school, right? Anytime there was a turnover, the coaches would always say, watch for the long ball. They're going to throw it deep. Anytime – high school, same thing. I just feel like it's one of those things coaches say, but it really – I still say it today. It, yeah, you still say it, right? Yeah, but, but you look at the stats. Because yes. everybody knows the other team is ready Who for cares? It. If you can execute a play – Execute it. You, you sh- you're, no, you're, well, that's not. Yes, it is. That's not Listen, how it you're works. in D one football. Like, look at the look up the statistics on how many times a team goes for a deep play or a big shot downfield inside the other team's territory after a turnover. Okay, it happens so, in the NFL. So here's almost bet, every day. I'm not saying your argument happen. is just throw the bomb. You're not saying it has to be sneaky. It doesn't have to be tricky. Just throw the bomb. Hey, take a shot. I don't care what kind of shot you take, but don't lead right, lead left, Barry Laxon. And that's what Tennessee did. Well, let's be honest. We started getting a lot of one-on-one coverage late in that game. And I think – they they started throwing the ball up. Yeah. I mean, no. And it proved my point on why we should have taken a shot. But down. did it? I mean, did it prove a game plan or did it prove your point? And that's it that's what we'll never point. know. That's I don't think we'll know. I don't think we'll ever know whether yeah. – because, I mean, if, if they start getting focused on the mm-hmm. run because they think – hey, Tennessee doesn't think they can play with us. They're going to come out here. They're going to run the ball. They're going to waste time. They're going to try to make this a game. Well, we got to stop their game plan. So, I mean, you know, you don't know how your opponent's thinking. You try to manipulate them into thinking what you want them to think. And I'll be honest, we had a lot of single coverage on two solid receivers in that game, and they couldn't hang with us. And I don't know that that would have been there if we'd have been taking shots the whole game. The world may never know. That's exactly right. But, hey, I will say this before we move on. I love the play calling at the end of the game when Tennessee was trying to, I guess, seal the deal, and we were throwing for first downs. I absolutely love the guts that Helton showed during that time by not just trying to run the clock out by running the football. Outstanding job. Yeah, I was not upset with that at all myself. Uh, you get a first down there, the game's over, right? And so take a chance once out of those those three snaps. Uh, Jay, um, any last words? No, man, it was good. Enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to get back in the winning this week, and uh, good luck to everybody. With all them trades, man, we've got a lot to listen to this week, so enjoyed it. Our last episode got 18 listens. That's down too, but at the same time, uh, Apple iTunes doesn't – on Anchor, it restarts every time you listen to it. So you always get an extra listen even if you fast-forward it to wherever you got to. It doesn't do that on iTunes. I've been starting to use iTunes a lot more. But um, Yeah, it works. Go ahead. I, Sorry. I, I will say this real quick. Matt, if you want to tie it in, I'll give you Jordan Reed for the late first round that you got in 2019. That's a terrible trade. Maybe. He still won the top – Eight <laughs> dynasty wide receivers in ranking. That's a, that's a nice try. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right, so there's something to think about, Matt. All right, Jay, we'll see you. Yeah, yeah, think real hard about that. I think that. you were going to head before this local forecast. <laughs> yeah, guys, see you. See you.
Eat it, Enjoyed eat, it. Eat it, Jay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Ben, all the high school football games are tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to play on Thursday because we got a lot of rain coming on Friday. And uh, the Lawrence County High School Wildcats, who are now 0 and 8, are going to be playing Dixon County, who is 3 and 5. Um, I think we got a shot at this one. It, it's coming down to the same thing. We we played, we actually played really well against Tullahoma, but it did not relate on the scoreboard because we gave up uh, two punt returns and a kickoff return, and that was that was killer. I think I mentioned it on last uh, last time because we had a bye this last week. But uh, Dixon County, if we can tackle them, I expect more of the same. I expect us to play a lot better this week. And in all honesty, I think we got a shot at if, if we'll play like we did last week. I think we got a good shot at winning this game, um, or at least there's more potential there than we've had most of the year. We played some pretty decent competition all year. Yeah, I don't get but, to uh, give up a Lawrenceburg a whole lot, but blitz, all-out blitz first. first every first everybody storm, just storm that sucker. Yeah, let your cowboys even, and your fishes. Get in there, too. Listen, leave your safeties back for a safety blanket. Kessie breaks the line of scrimmage and blitz cornerbacks, blitz line, everybody. Yeah. Fire so, settle, baby. Uh, the next one we got is Blackman High School at 7-1. and one. They had the bye week, the same bye week we did, so interesting. But uh, they got Stewart's Creek at 2-6, and six, and they'll be at Stewart's Creek uh, on Thursday night. I would expect Blackman to wear Stewart's Creek out. All right, uh, 2.30. Hey, I may, show up, I may show up to that game, by the way, and just yell at Kit the entire game because I want to be one of those parents <laughs> that make him hate coaching. Before you do, do you think you could watch uh, Happy Gilmore and get a few tips? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, absolutely. I've got a few tips I want to tell Kit anyway. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'm sure Kit would love that. He might bring you down on the field, Ben. If you hey, want to I, be there. Listen, I, I would love it. He probably needs some fire on that sideline. Side I don't really know. I mean, they <laughs> lost a freaking game, dude. What the F? Yeah. All right. So, 2.30, the Vols play Alabama. I think it's 2.30. It was the last time I checked. Um, I'll be at this one, Ben. I'm pretty excited to go. Uh, me and my wife are going to go to this game. Um, and, you know, do I expect Tennessee to win? Absolutely not. Uh, am I still hoping they'll win? Yes, there's a lot of hope in me. And there's there's belief that we can win, Ben. Uh, we did look better against Auburn, and you can tell that we're getting a little bit smarter on the field. Um, the way you can tell if a team's growing is if you can see players making decisions that make a difference in the game. I saw a lot more heart out of Tennessee during that game than I have probably in the last two or three years. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a fire about them. They had the desire – I mean, you had a lot of plays, man, that they would go up. I don't know what the injury to, to Kongbo is. That's going to be huge. Um, and our DBs, man, they have got to stop getting beat downfield. We gave – Auburn gave us a, a, a gift wrap package at the end of the game uh, when they missed that deep ball. Two is going to eat them alive. I don't, I don't think we're going to see the end of that. Our DBs are they're, – they're doing their best. They're containing the run, which is, is beyond what we've ever done in the last two years. But um, they're just not fast enough. Our guys are not nearly as quick or as fast as some of these guys we're playing against, and that is the biggest issue that I think we're having. We turn to run, and they've already run by us. Um, and, and sometimes, Ben, that comes from the scout team. When your scout team runs a four eight forty, and you're used to guarding that all week in practice, then, 
then it makes uh, for something. I imagine though, in the in the college ranks, you're probably going up against those number one receivers anyway. So yeah. Um, but um, hey, Tennessee versus Alabama. That ought to be. Uh, it'll be a fun game to go to at least for uh, the beginning, and hopefully by halftime, it's still interesting. Uh, but if I do we can expect, keep it within four touchdowns. I'll be happy. Hey, there you go. I'd, I'd love to know the spread and, and if we beat it. That's what we need to look at. Uh, at 8.30 a.m., the Tennessee Titans will be at the San Diego Chargers. And um, I remember everybody giving me a hard time saying the Titans were going to be at eight games. At eight games. And uh, we started out three and one, and I started getting a hard time. And I know they're still just – it's still three and three, but um, I don't like their look against the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to be them, considering the way the Titans have played the last two weeks. Um, but this one starts at 8.30 in the a.m., is that over in play- Europe? Well, that's what I, was, I believe it is. I believe that's why they're starting so early. Well, you never, you uh, can't ever tell about that, man. That's you, you got to think Tennessee probably has a um, an advantage to that, and the reason why I say that is because, man, that's like at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, San Diego time. Yeah, it's a lot, lot more jet lag for San Diego there. Yes. So, all right, but, hey, but, uh, hey, before we sign off, you know, I know I was talking about the Jordan Reed trade. He's the number 13 dynasty tight end. And I just want to throw that Dallas Goddard or whatever this guy's name is, um, you know, you got Mike Gesicki. They're all right there amongst each other. And they went pretty low in the second round pick. Um, so Trey Burton, he went in a fourth. So just for Matt, just kind of think about it. I'll send you the freaking offer. You look at it, make an educated decision, and go from there. But tight ends are hard to come by in this league, man. Matt, I'll find a way to get you Delaney Walker. Uh, you won't be winning this year, though. So Delaney Walker is 21st in Dynasty <laughs> rankings, and he's 34 years old. He's 21st? That's he pretty good, considering he hasn't been in for two weeks or I three agree. weeks or whatever well, that's it was. Dynasty rankings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's not that's not redraft. Yeah, I think I think he's about year. done. If I get a good year out of him yet next year, that's probably just a bonus year. Yeah. So, um, I don't think a right, late hey. first round pick is is a bad offer. All right, hey, that's going to conclude the podcast. Ben, unless you want to rant real quick. No, nah, you good. I'm I'm gonna give Chris a break. Hopefully, give those, Chris a breather. Yeah, hopefully those picks will turn out for you, man. Good luck. And, um, I may think about changing my name. But if I don't, it's off. I really believe Chris has, and I don't know if he's doing this intentionally, but in my mind, I can see a purpose behind what he's doing. I mean, he's still keeping an okay team. He's he's not really dropped in points. He's actually went up week to week. Of course, we did say, hey, Mixon is back, so that's a big deal. But uh, even then, I think he's still getting a little bit more points, and he's he's added a few more draft picks. So, I don't know what he's the doing, only, but he seems well, to be doing listen, something a little bit right. Chris is sold on Saquon Barkley in every draft. Yeah, I, that came out of his mouth to me. You've got Saquon Barkley in every single draft. No, you don't. You, you don't. He is a once in a century. Listen, kind of okay, hold, hold on. Maybe Saquon Barkley, but at the same time, if you start looking back at the best running backs that were picked and where those guys finished that year, I think that's what he's implying that you don't necessarily get a Saquon Barkley, but you look at the year Kit drafted Ezekiel Elliott, boom, Kit skyrocketed from worst to first. And and there's been some other situations where a great quarter, uh, a great running back has gone in the draft 
and it's completely turned a team around in our league. Listen, I, so I get I, – I, yes, I do. Listen, and if I finished – if I tank out and I don't do real well, um, you know, I hope that he can land two solid players. The only thing I look at is, yes, you may get those players, but then you may draft a Rashard Penny that don't get a lot of playing time. Or you do a Ronald Jones that's taking a little bit of time to develop. Uh, or you do a Nick Chubb that gets drafted behind a, I, a Carlos I don't Hyde. disagree. I don't think Chris is talking about any of those guys, though. No, I, I agree. think he's talking he about to... the number one obvious best running back in every draft has always, except for maybe once out of four or five, has always produced and helped that team win. And but I think he, that's what he meant first, when he made yeah, that comment. He's got to have the first pick of the draft to do that, and neither one of those picks are going to be the first pick of the draft. Yeah, well, he might could he might could he might could trade a pick for a pick along with Rex Burkhead and make that that work out for him. You're right, but uh, you're exactly right. <laughs> hey, good night, Ben. Enjoyed night, it, man. Glad you're so consistent and and love doing this with you and Jay. I appreciate you taking uh, time, Nate. Always fun, man. Yeah, if you can ever figure out that podcast sheet I put on here, then that it is a help. I think I just kind of sum up everything we're going to talk about onto. Uh, Two pieces of paper. Hey, I'm excited but, uh, about the matchup between Sam and Chris coming up, too. That's going to be fun. Listen, I think this week has some big matchups. I didn't mention it, but I think my matchup with Cam Balls is a pretty big deal. Oh, I it's think huge. That, Me uh, and Chris going up. This is a must yes, win for me if, if yes, I have I any think, chance. I absolutely agree, and I think that uh, uh, Bob Vance and the Nightman, I, I think that's not going to play in his favor, but if he could win that one, that's going to be a huge deal. Um, probably not likely, but uh, then Matt, Matt playing against Audric. If Matt were to lose that game, that's going to hurt him quite a bit. Listen, I, um, I may at the end of the year, I may end up eating a player um, just to trade to Sam to see if he can win consolation if it gets that far. Um, yeah, just so I could have the first pick of the draft. Hey, there you go. Hey, hey and, yes, and I'm telling you, that first still, pick listen, is nice. I would still like to throw this in there. I know it's at 74 minutes. But I would still love to see our league vote on if if you have somebody's first-round pick and they entered the consolation bracket, I feel like that you should have some say-so and whoever they play in that consolation. Because there's a lot up for grabs at that point. I, I don't think you should have say-so, but I think you should have – I think that you should be able to point out something that's ridiculous. And if it is, and we can come to a consensus – then I think it should be changed. Okay, but, I would agree with that. Yeah, and, and I think you know if, if you know somebody decides to play a guy that scored seven points all year, then that's ridiculous, right? Right. I, I mean, he's got somebody in, but that's ridiculous. Consensus is that's ridiculous. If Let's you're get benching Todd Gurley for freaking Corey Clement, somebody like yeah. that. All right. So hey, that'll call it. I don't dis- necessarily disagree with that idea. Uh, let's call it a night. And hey, many minutes of awesomeness tomorrow for your ears. And uh, we will – good night, guys. Uh, see Peace you out, mate. That'll end. She's the top to the bottom. Russell's the pop. Can't quite get to the top.